0: What's the line from the song? Then one foggy Christmas Eve. Well, it's not Christmas Eve quite yet, but wow! What a foggy start to the final Friday before Christmas. But it was a fun Friday. Loren McNabb, who's been filling in this week on Connecting Winnipeg for Hal Anderson, joined us to talk navigation and GPS. Do you know where you're going without GPS? Can you read a map? Do you know your directions north? West, East, South. And what is GPS doing to our brains? It's Friday, which means our weekly Gab with Gabby. We were joined by Christopher Sprague, the sommelier extraordinaire from the Fort Gary Hotel with some suggestions on holiday wine. And we asked you, we had a great time asking you, about memorable gifts you got as kids. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Friday, December 22nd podcast for the start. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg once again for Hal Anderson today. And I know we've talked about wacky weather conditions before. I can't remember what the last one was where we actually asked... Environment Canada about that, but I don't think I've ever seen, not saying it's never happened, I just can't remember ever seeing Freezing Fog. It sounds like a horror movie.
1: Yeah, it's a brand new one for me as well, Brett. So in a season of unusual weather, some of you may have caught yesterday after I read the weather, I said, Happy Halloween, because it feels more like October (laughs) than it does December, and that trend is clearly continuing as we head towards Christmas Day. Coming up on Monday, we're looking for temperatures on the plus side tomorrow, moderate temperatures for the foreseeable future, and then now this, as you say this morning, freezing fog.
0: Yeah, so let us know uh, if what you're seeing wherever you are in terms of the fog, if the visibility is bad, um, obviously do so when it's safe for you to do so. And we're actually at 8.05. We're going to hear from Global's Eric Sorensen, who put together a package about how Winnipeg isn't the only place in Canada that's not really experiencing a white Christmas. And I'll say this, I, I, I don't mind, I'm not complaining about the mild temperatures. It's been nice to, I think I've worn my mitts twice oh good point this season typically i just stuff my hands in my pockets when i'm walking home that's not that's not a possibility when it's minus 20 you got to have mitts and you got to have a toque and something on your face i think i've worn my winter boots i wore them early when we got that early snow and i felt like that that felt a little too early like ugh. Got to go through this routine because at the end of every shift, it's like this tedious chore. It's like, all right, I got to take my shoes off, put my boots on, pack up my shoes, bring them home. And I thought it's already November 2nd or whatever the day was. <sighs> um, so that's been nice. But I do genuinely feel for the winter enthusiasts, the people who like to get on their snowmobiles sure. or skis or whatever, you, whatever it is you want to do to enjoy winter. This probably sucks. I don't
1: think there's any question about it. I know a few snowmobile enthusiasts in particular. I don't know nearly as many people who cross-country ski. I know they're making snow feverishly over at spring hill mm-hmm. uh, one of my fake nephews is going to be working over there
0: after christmas so your fake nephews
2: yeah
1: yeah you know you have your friends you have friends kids who call you uncle bratt i'm sure no uh, oh okay well, i got a few that call me uncle greg or or it's sort of implied right so i call them my fake nephews and my fake nieces okay. I, I i love them like uh like they're my own children and so uh, I know that they're feverishly making snow over there. We haven't checked in with uh, with Phil Moss, Ma- is it Phil Moss over at Amazing Corn, to find out what's uh, happening down there and uh, find out if they're on track to build the world's largest snow maze because that's going to be all man-made snow at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so and uh, but again let us know on the fog front by the way. One of our listeners saying Highway 1 West going to Portage la Prairie This listener says, don't go on it. It's bad. Okay. Super thick fog. And Gary um, saying it's like maybe a half a kilometer on the highway in terms of visibility. I think he nailed it. Environment Canada, (laughs)
1: 0.6. Gary, your estimation skills are really good. If you're a contractor, you can do work for me
0: any time. (laughs) (laughs) Just eyeballed it. We also, uh, at the beginning of Skylar's newscast, Skyler Peters in for Sarah McCarthy, he read... Um, a sponsor tag. The news is for your local comfort experts, netahvac.com. That's nedah com. Neta, we're different. And as, lo and behold, <laughs> as luck would have it, this happened yesterday on Connecting Winnipeg with Loren McNabb in for Hal Anderson.
3: Who do we have on the line for Jay? I don't know. Who's there? Hello. It's Ray. Ray. Ray, what's the name of Rudolph's girlfriend in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer television special? Uh, Sweetie Pie? Sweetie Pie is a good <laughs> nickname, Ray, but that is not correct, but thank you for trying.
4: Uh, just a second, I wanted to ask you a question. Sure, uh-oh. Uh, uh, you advertise uh, Medi, uh, that furnace repair. Okay. Okay. Uh, Can you give me the phone number? I looked in the (laughs) yellow pages and white pages. There's no number. I I know that they're on Inkster and Fife.
3: Okay, hang on. I'm trying to see if I can call that up. I actually don't have that handy. Four J's. Or
5: which? uh, Name
3: the company again. Uh, Meta. M E V A Meta H. Oh, Neta. Yeah. Neta. Hang on, hang on. Everybody else, stand by. You will win pizza. I'm just trying to find. Netta HVAC. Go for it. What do you got, Porch Phone number that I found online is 204
6: 481 481? Yep,
4: 3381. I'll repeat that to you 204 481 3381.
6: That's correct.
4: All right. But thank you very much, and a Merry Christmas to
3: you. Same to you, you too, Ray. I don't even know if Ray wanted to win pizza. He just needed that number badly. He's got a situation for you. Okay.
1: That's going to be about 90% of the phone calls that come to the 680 CGOB newsroom. Like, for decades, CGOB was the world's Google.
0: When oh, it yeah. paid Google, right? Oh, some of the questions I'd get. We're so good. But that also tied with that, the, the call that we that Lorraine had with Ray, that Lorraine and Jeff had with Ray, uh, also reminded you, Greg, of a text message we got yesterday from Cindy. Cindy, not Clarice, by the way. Clarice is Rudolph's
1: girlfriend. The power of your radio station, says Cindy. The other day, you had those two guys on who make the trivia games. Yes, classic Jar Games, David and Connor, were with us. Cindy says her husband went to Winnipeg Square, and they had one child's game left they were inundated and had no idea why they didn't realize that those fellas had been on your radio station there's a store in richardson square oh yeah it's all manitoba made stuff
0: oh cool i had no idea that was down there i should we've only been here two and a half years i should really explore or i guess it's been three years now my gosh And as far as that fog goes, uh, one listener saying highways are pretty clear coming in from Steinbeck. And uh, Keith says clear as day on 59 from St. Malo to Winnipeg. The Dallas Stars and Colorado Avalanche leapfrogged the Winnipeg Jets into a tie for first place in the central division with wins in NHL action last night. The NHL wraps up, the pre-Christmas portion of its schedule Saturday night with 14 games before returning to the ice December 27. Well, tonight, the Jets are one of eight teams
1: in action. The Boston Bruins come to town for Winnipeg's final game before a three-day break. 680 CGOB, sports director and guru of all things hockey, Kelly Moore has this seasonally appropriate look ahead to tonight's game.
2: was the last game before Christmas at Canada Life Centre, a building Jets opponents were not keen to enter. The fans at full throttle from the stands they did roar, and the home team responded with yet another score. The coaching staff structure was being played with the greatest of care by all forward lines and each defensive pair. Some of the NHL's best shooters not having much luck, trying to solve the netbinding of Connor Hellebuck. Jets nation were snuggled all warm in their beds with the voice of Paul Edmonds ringing in their heads. Baby. Five on five, the Jets created nothing but really sweet dreams. If they could only be as good when it came to special teams. No excuses, just solutions was the rallying cry for a team that played hard that would never say die. In the corners, they did battle, getting the puck high to low. Four checking like crazy. To the front of the net, they did go. And so there was Rick Bonus with a smile on his face as the Jets battled the Avs, the Stars, and the Preds for first place. On Shifley, and Nino, and Apple, and Nick, Jabo, and Lowry, let's play real quick. Velarde, follow Vlad, and Brossois. We're doing just fine without Blake and Dubois. It has been a good season, such a lot of fun, but the thing to remember, it's not even half done. So enjoy the festive spirit and holiday cheer. Then Bones said, hey fellas, let's make this our year. Great job from Kelly. The
1: production's so slick. Keep your eyes on Velarde, Shifley, and Nick. Ehlers is cooking. He's
0: looking divine, fitting in perfectly
1: on Winnipeg's top line.
0: Did you write that? I did. Good for you. Look at that. Tonight, 7 o'clock faceoff, 5 o'clock pregame on your radio home of the Winnipeg Jets, 680 CJOB. In the meantime, at 6.35, we're going to hear more on that Tegan Rasha story about a cancer survivor who's turned that into hope. And at 6.45, we'll tell you how you can win our final pair of AEW tickets of the week. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is... Filling in for Al Anderson today on connecting Winnipeg as we enjoy some jingle bells. We've got tickets to give away for AEW All Elite Wrestling, April tenth, Canada Life Center, and it's pretty simple today. We just want let's just talk about the mem- some memorable gifts that we got as kids. And it doesn't have to be Christmas. You know, not everybody celebrates Christmas, but if hopefully you got a memorable gift when you were a kid. If you want to weigh in, feel free at 204-780-6868. And uh, if you want to just do one, you can do that. Or maybe there was a Christmas or an occasion where you got like, there was one year where I had, my Christmas list was ridiculous. I had like 15 things on it because I put them up just for ideas and I got the whole thing, like, everything on the list. Oh, no. Yeah, like, there was a Notre Dame Fighting Irish hat. I think I was 13 or 14 at the time, maybe 15. I got a San Antonio Spurs David Robinson number 50 jersey. And I also that year got Super Spike V-Ball for the Nintendo Entertainment System, a game I still play today. I was going to
1: say, that was a pretty decent video game. Yeah. Like, you could really emulate a lot of the beach volleyball moves on that for a game that really is sort of primitive versus what we can do now. It was, it was very good.
0: Still a great game. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. If, anytime uh, I we'll pull play the that N- the Nintendo out, uh, that that's that- the original, the NES. Yeah. Okay. The Nintendo entertainment system, the eight bit actually Tyson Rewiki, uh, Did you, I, I as a sidebar, I know you were talking Nintendo yesterday with Ed from power. I was shocked to learn that both you and Braden, uh Yuasco here, producer at CJOB, both play Nintendo.
7: Oh yeah, the old N64. That was me and my brothers would just sit there. There was I forget what it, what it was called, but the old WWE the the Nitro, I think yeah. it was called. We would just sit there and name guys for hours. We have like a whole well, Hold on, Nitro was WCW. Right, WCW. It okay. was WCW Nitro, but it was just we had a couple a couple foul names for a couple young boys making up some wrestlers, but it was oh, so many good memories with that.
0: <laughs> well, what's uh, what's a memorable gift you got when you were a kid, Tyson?
7: Uh, well, this was actually, it was for my birthday. And it was in grade grade 10. And my dad just woke me up one day. It was two days before my birthday. And he just said, hey, you want to go to uh, the Flyers game? I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you want to go to the Flyers game? They play uh, the Wild tonight. I was like, sure. And then so me and my dad just hopped in the car, went straight down to Minnesota, straight shot. <laughs> <laughs> went to the game and uh soaked it all in it was it was a lot of fun and like it, it was that like bonding experience right like you get to like you go on a trip with your dad spend a long road trip with him it was a lot of fun it was just an <laughs> awesome gift
0: and was he that really that casual about it oh yeah
7: he just like he was i i was getting ready to go to school and just woke me up like hey want to go i was like yeah i don't, don't want to go to school i'll go to the flyers <laughs> game and it was a it was a really good game too they ended up winning in overtime so all all around great trip.
6: Oh wow,
1: that's a great idea. I might <laughs> have to. I might have to borrow that one one of these days. I like that.
6: Skylar Peters. What about you? Well, tough to follow that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, man, I'm for, I just want to be clear that I love my parents and they're very generous to me. <laughs> 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 they're listening right now. Um, mine mine would probably be the two. Uh, Two or uh, actually, these are both birthday gifts. Um, that got the most uh, return on investment, and that would be when I was like, I think ten or eleven. Um, I don't remember the exact situation. I got to confirm with my mom that when I'm home this weekend. But she, it was like a very small box or something like that. And I opened it up, and there wasn't anything inside. And then she said to look outside, and I looked in the backyard, and it was a brand new bike. And then I, you know, I rode that thing for like six years. Like rode it into the absolute ground. And that was, you know. Before I got the PS2, I think, or something like that. Uh, so I spent a lot of time, you know, doing that. And then I just countless hours riding around with the guys and uh, in my neighborhood and stuff like that. And then the other one when I was uh, 17 or so was a new set of golf clubs for my parents as well, uh, which I still have everything in that set. I still play them every single day. And I play about uh, thirty to forty rounds of golf a year, and you know, go to the simulators and stuff like that. They uh, they've probably had their time. It's probably time to replace them, but uh, I'm a little cheap, so uh, <laughs> and golf clubs are expensive, as you know. Um, so still rocking those things. It's been like nine or ten years too, so it's been great. Oh, what what kind are they, by the way? Uh, Cobra. And I will get another Cobra set, but they are crazy expensive these days. Yeah, it's not Ooh, cheap. Is that
1: that noise? Is that why you made that noise, yeah. Tyson? <laughs> 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 oh.
6: The the top Cobra set's $3,200. Oh, my God. All right, then. Yeah, yeah. Christmas yeah. money. Need some Christmas money. Good news money. is I'm not good enough to hit those ones. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've, You've got pretty good swing, Skylar, so I think you could probably get away with it. But, yeah, you'd have to probably go with a, something a bit more mid-range for sure. Kidney for sale. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, Jeff Forte. When I was like 12 or 13, I got a brand new drum kit, uh, Yamaha Stage Custom. Before that, like I just had a beginner set. This was like my first real big set, and I don't get how I did not find it before Christmas. Like it's a drum kit, like it's huge, <laughs> and uh, well, they, they left it. They put it in the the workout room, the gym, the weight room. And of course, I'm never going to go in there. So I never found it. <laughs> it was that easy. But yeah, no, I was pumped to have that. Okay, a drum kit. I, I would and just, like the four hour setup, I'm sure, after you unbox all the boxes, right? Yes, it right. took a little while to put together. <laughs> yes, the anticipation did. when I put together my first drum kit, too, is just like, oh, I just want to shred this you thing. You played drums too, Skylar? Yeah, probably not to 25% of the magnitude that Force did. But uh, yeah. That's cool. That's I didn't good. know that. Yeah. Another Jeff's g-
0: pretty good drummer. Yeah, yeah. We can hear him through the wall uh, in between uh, breaks when you <laughs> pounding on the table. <laughs> yeah, pounding on the table, <laughs> pounding the floor. And uh,
1: Macklin, what about you? Oh boy, I, this is this is a tough one. I so lucky I've received some really cool gifts over the year, but just just thinking about what to do now. I was trying to find a picture of these headphones that I got. This would have been I would have been ten. So, like, almost 45 years ago, uh, they were made by Radio Shack. I think their brand was Tandy back in the day. And they were literally headphones, but they had a built-in radio. Ran on a 9-volt battery that, of course, you had to give them your name and address and phone number in order to buy the $2 battery at Radio Shack once upon a time. And it had a built-in AM-FM radio, but the the headband, sort of that Held them together, that was the antenna. And so when I look back and I think, what sort of signals was I bringing and directing? Starting to explain a lot now, isn't it? Into my brain, literally a tinfoil hat. That's
4: crazy.
1: (laughs) But I wore those things everywhere. And it's just ironic now in my mind that everywhere you go, right? Everybody's got these AirPods and these earbuds in. Well, 44 years ago, I was wearing them, but you could see me coming. For six miles with this thing on my head, roller skating or delivering papers. So uh, yeah, that's that. That was one that I didn't know I needed, and I certainly didn't know it was going to sort of tell a story, maybe maybe do some foreshadowing in my life.
0: And as far as the you, you the you being the part of the antenna, I've always I don't I, I've never really I'm sure I can just Google the science behind that, but like even if you've got a crappy clock radio and the radio comes on and the signal's kind of patchy. And then, like, I I just put my hand on the radio, and then it comes in clear.
1: My buddy drove all the way from Chicago to St. Louis six hours with his hand on the antenna that was broken on his Honda Civic so we could listen to a (laughs) Cubs-Cardinals game in 1988 (laughs) at 65
0: miles an hour. Tell us about a memorable gift you got when you were a kid, whether it was Christmas, birthday, whatever occasion, for a chance to win AEW tickets, and we shall gift those to you at 9.15. On the subject of Christmas and gifts, we're asking you this morning about a memorable gift you got as a kid, whether it was Christmas or not. What does Janina say, Greg?
1: This was 1966. I was eight years old my family had just immigrated to Canada. My Aunt Liz, best aunt ever, took my sister and I to Woolworths in downtown Winnipeg and bought us our very first brand new sailor outfit. We still talk about those outfits. We just can't agree on who got the pink one and... Who got the blue one?
0: 204-780-6868. Tell us about a memorable gift you got as a child for a chance to win AEW tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9:15 right after our weekly gab with Gabby. And now we want to talk about navigation because I'll tell you the amount of times I see people have to plug things into GPS if if you're telling me like I need to go to um 19, well, I just referenced it earlier this week. De la Seigneurie Boulevard, or whatever it's called. Uh, I wouldn't have known where that uh, is. Island Lakes? It is. That's where it is. Yeah. But I would have had to look that up on a map. But Portage and Maine. if you need GPS to figure out how to get to Portage and Maine, I think you got a problem. As well, here's the question Are you good with maps? Uh, Are you good at noting
1: your surroundings? How about, do you know (laughs) north, south, east, west? I have someone in my life who believed uh, well into their 40s that whatever direction you were heading, that was south. (laughs) I kid you not. Uh, If you're hitting the road this weekend for the holidays, just simply punch your destination into your phone. Loren is in for Hal this week on connecting Winnipeg and McNabb. You've got some questions. You have some really good questions about this.
3: I think we might all have the same questions, right? Like I've overheard a few conversations of late where people are just frustrated with other drivers in their life who, who might not know where they're going. And that's not because they're bad at directions. It could be when they're, say, in a taxi cab or Uber and they hop in. And the person doesn't even know the obvious places in the city, or they get into their work vehicle, uh, they're the passenger, and they get in and discover their coworker who's driving, doesn't know basic locators like Main Street runs north and south, the Assiniboine River east and west, you know, might not know that the University of Manitoba is in the south end, like doesn't even know where to start, or maybe doesn't even try. And so that had me wondering if we're becoming too reliant on navigational tools. You know, is GPS hurting our brains? And so I reached out to a man named David Berry. He's in Britain. He's written two books on navigation. One is called Sextant, and it's not sexy in that sense. The Sextant is a tool. <laughs> like, I had to look this up. Right, it's a little right. silly. But, it, you know, it's a tool that that used to be used on ages ago, and still now, probably, to measure measure the angle of the horizon with the sun and the moon. So people who were in ships could figure out where they were going. He wrote about uh, the sextant and his transatlantic journey as a sort of homage to the old school ways of navigation he's also written about animals and all their kind of innate abilities when it comes to figuring out where they're going he's super passionate about it and he says up until you know this most recent generation with tools like gps we all at least had to know the basics i think there are there are many many uh,
8: young people now and children who have never been and will never be taught um how to read a map, uh, who will never use a compass, um, and who therefore have very little need to become acquainted with concepts like north, south, east, and west, who have no awareness that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, have no awareness that the stars uh, cross the sky in just the same way that the sun and moon do. Um, And I I mean, I think that's that's profoundly impoverishing uh, in a number of ways
3: so i know there'll be many of you maybe greg you might want to put your hand up here that are saying hang on like this sounds like we're all just being old and yelling at the kids i teach my kids trying to figure out you know north south east west the schools might be doing a good job at that depending on where you are but his point is that people who rely solely on their phone or their car's navigation system should be worried because first of all gps can fill you GPS is not always right. There can be technical issues. There can be cell phone issues, no service, battery power, storms. And of course, he even pointed to the fact that with hackers in this day and age, you know, you could try to get in and really limit your use. And so David Barry, who's also a fellow with the Royal Institute of Navigation, who even knew that was a thing, said, we should be worried. We should be worried about the impact on our brains.
8: A part of the hippocampus uh, grows much bigger in a London taxi driver. Than it does in most people and the reason for that is because london taxi drivers have to undergo an incredibly rigorous training process during which they learn literally thousands of different routes around the city um, which they're supposed to be able to to do without once looking at a map let alone a screen Um, so their brains seem to undergo quite a significant change and the part of the hippocampus actually gets fatter bigger Uh, as a result of that training. And very interestingly, when they stop working, it starts to shrink again. Now, what seems to be the case is that if we don't exercise our natural navigational abilities, like those taxi drivers, uh, parts of of the hippocampus uh, may indeed uh, get smaller.
1: Okay, this is fascinating, Lorraine. Why is that a concern for other things potentially?
3: Okay, so when you reference the London taxi drivers, they're 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 trained. They're like some of the most highly trained navigational drivers in the world. And when they looked at how their brains either grew or did not, um, that's all about spatial memory. Okay, so here again is David Berry.
8: The hippocampus is often the very first part of the brain uh, that shows the effects of Alzheimer's disease. Um, And indeed, one of the very earliest symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, which, as we all know, is becoming a a bigger and bigger problem, um, is disorientation, difficulty in finding your way around. So it looks very much as if um, if we don't exercise our navigational skills, uh, we may uh, reduce our ability to cope with the impact uh, of Alzheimer's disease if we're unlucky enough to succumb to it
3: so lots more research needs to be done obviously but but there's some concern here i think on the longer term and they're not talking about the casual user but the person who habitually just plugs in the address and is not super aware of their surroundings you might have a reason to be concerned not cut and dried guys but i thought that was kind of fascinating
0: loren's gonna have more on connecting winnipeg including the questions are you bad with directions or just not trying and Our listener and friend, Don, who's always on the road in the truck, he's got some thoughts on this. We'll share those. He doesn't think GPS is making us stupid, but... (laughs) Mackling and McGarry, we just heard from McNabb, who is on Connecting Winnipeg today for Hal Anderson. And she's talking about navigation and is GPS... Harming our brains? Is it affecting our ability to learn how to navigate? And one of our listeners, Don Taylor, he's Trucker Don. He's got all kinds of stories from the road. He's got a book called Stories from the Road. What does he have to say about this?
1: I don't think GPS is making people, quote unquote, stupid per se, but a lot of drivers are placing far too much trust in them to the point of ignoring some of the obvious errors in the system, like the one in Thunder Bay who followed her GPS instructions and drove right into Lake Superior. And I can't count how many fellow truckers who have ignored all the warning signs and hit the 12-foot bridge on Highway 1A just west of Brandon. I think that's at Chemnay. It's at least once a
0: month that somebody hits that bridge. Hang on, somebody actually drove their car into a lake because the GPS said so? According to Don,
1: and not that long ago I saw something on on Instagram, so take it for what it's worth. But apparently in Hawaii, where people were at a marina and a tourist drove their Dodge Caravan right into the... Pacific Ocean, essentially. So it's not just Michael Scott in the office. No!
0: <laughs> Don't turn here, there's water! Well, the GPS is saying to turn right here, but you can't! <music> I've got some questions for Greg in a moment about Christmas movies and stuff. But before that, well, let's just get into it because it's a busy time at the movies. Lots of new movies out over the next few days. There are five this weekend, including Jason Momoa back as the King of Atlantis in Aquaman and The Lost
5: Kingdom. Come on, we're in this together. No one hits my brother
0: but me. There's a cartoon about birds that looks fun. It's called Migration. I want us to get out and see the world.
3: What sort of father would I be if I put my young foul in harm's way for no reason except a chance at a Caribbean vacation?
4: I don't want to miss out on life because you're afraid to leave this pond.
0: Emma Stone stars as a woman brought back to life in a movie that's getting lots of praise and awards buzz, Poor Things.
6: I am finding being alive fascinating.
4: Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes.
0: Zach Efron stars in a movie also getting awards buzz that's about a famous pro wrestling family, The Iron Claw.
6: Weighing in at a combined weight of 690 pounds, Kevin, Kerry, and David Boneri!
0: Next up, a rom-com, Anyone But You. Are you heading to the wedding? Of
5: my sister? Yes, I am.
0: Where's your fiancé? Wait, is this him?
7: Wow, you are a child. Hey, I'm Ben. I was her hall pass on your break.
0: Then on Christmas Day, we get a couple more with some awards buzz. There's a new musical adaptation of The Color Purple.
3: I was married to a man I didn't love. It's time for you to see the
0: Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz star in another movie with awards buzz. This one's about a guy behind one of the most famous cars in the world, Ferrari. All of us are racist. But make no mistake. If you get into one of my cars... You get in the win. And finally, one more with awards buzz. Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan star in a movie that debuted on Netflix on December 20th, Maestro.
6: I'm going to read a scene with Maestro (laughs) Burnstone. Maestro Burnstone. That sounds very nice.
0: (laughs) I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes. So busy, busy, few days at the movies, uh, if you don't, because a lot of people go to the movies on Christmas Day, they might not celebrate Christmas, they might not have anybody to spend Christmas with, so the movie can be that comforting place to go, but on the subject of Christmas, do you have, or your family have any, have you had any staples over the years of stuff you like to watch? Yeah, so uh, before my mom passed away, it was the Jerry Seinfeld,
1: I'm telling you, for the last time. Special. Oh. My mom hated Seinfeld, the TV show, but loved that stand-up special for some reason. Said, that doesn't translate. Such a dumb show. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Whatever, mom. That's fine. Uh, So we will still watch that once in a while when uh, the brothers uh, get together. Uh, We'll throw that on, sort of an honor mom. We might not sit around, but we'll have it on. Uh, With the kids, uh, with the boys, Toy Story. uh, Toy Story. Not a Toy Story. Home Alone okay. is a staple. I know it's a staple for a lot of folks, but Home Alone is something that we've uh, always watched at Christmas time. And uh, I'm a diehard guy. I will. Sorry, Bruce Willis, uh, but I will watch it. Whether it's a Christmas movie or, or not matters not because I will watch it at Christmas time just because.
0: Yeah. I what th- about you? Well, I, and Bruce Willis, uh, yeah, it's funny. I think there was, uh, I wonder because I know Clay was getting ready for his Home for the Holidays sp- oh, special <laughs> yeah. on Monday, and I, I saw this clip jump into our queue this morning. This is Bruce Willis. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So I don't know if that was on Saturday Night Live or what that was, but I think the director, or either the writer or the director, which might be the same person, I can't remember, off the top of my head, but they say... It's a Christmas movie. And Bruce Willis has said it's not a Christmas movie. It's a Bruce wow. Willis movie.
1: Well, does this debate not feed thousands? hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars into
0: Bruce Willis's pocket yes. by keeping this movie alive the way it's been kept alive. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure, because right. it's a topic that comes up every year. Sure. You just can't avoid the question, is die-hard a Christmas movie. But uh, for me, in terms of television specials, of course, there's the classics, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. For years, it didn't feel like Christmas until I watched Rudolph. And same for The Grinch. I know, and I know that they the, the movies are good. Like the the Jim Carrey movie is, is good, and I, that's actually the biggest Christmas movie in all, of all time in terms of box office. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I just learned that the other day. And uh, and then the, the the more recent animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch was pretty cool too. But the car the original cartoon I love that is the best. And uh, but in more recent years, I guess it's already over ten years old now. Disney did one called Prep and Landing. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it was a cartoon. It was just a half-hour special that aired on ABC. You can find it now on Disney+. Plus. Dave Foley from the Kids in the Hall. Love him. Is the voice of Wayne, who is an elite elf, part of the Prep and Landing team. So they send out these teams of elves led by Thrasher the Reindeer, who is this, like, big, hulking, beefy reindeer who, like, has always has a candy cane sticking out of his face like it's a cigarette. And uh, they they go to the houses before Santa to prep it. So they prep the home. They make sure that there are no creatures stirring, that the temperature of the milk is appropriate. (laughs) And and then they they get on the roof and 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 bring in Santa. Oh, okay, and the okay,
1: so it's the advanced team. Yeah, like uh, the the landing uh, the landing crew at the airport. Exactly, Ground like crew. that.
0: <laughs> and uh, it for me it became like an instant favorite. I, I think it's a classic, and they it did so well that they did a second one called. Uh, I can't remember what it doesn't matter. There, just go to Disney Plus and you'll find the pre, both prep and landings. And Rob Riggle plays his brother. In that one. And he always says things like, jingle, bam! He's part of the, the coal squad. We learned there's a coal where the, they send out the elves to deliver the coal to the naughty kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's so this good. This is fantastic. It's so good and okay. it, for all ages. Doesn't matter how old you are, you will enjoy it and feel... What's st- the first one with Foley? It's a, just called Prep and Landing. Okay. They're, I think, and then I think it's prep and landing too naughty and nice. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, so those are <laughs> highly recommended. They're like 25 minutes each, oh, and perfect. they uh, will. It, if you ever need to like need something to give you that I'm not really feeling Christmassy. That'll that should help because uh, when, the, when the scene where Santa and the reindeer start charging up to take off, it just immediately makes me feel like a little kid.
1: the uh, The original Frosty the Snowman. Of course, you oh, know yes. the the original in the grade our grade one Christmas play. I played Frosty the Snowman. Did you really? <laughs> yes. There's a slide out there somewhere. Not a picture, not a digital image, but a slide somewhere in our collection <laughs> of me playing Frosty the Snowman. And so that that cartoon has a little bit of us extra special place. In, in my heart, whenever I get a chance to look at that one. Oh, I should go try to find that as well.
2: <laughs> it's a good
0: one. Oh, and by the way, uh, no, I'll just mention this quickly as well. And like we've got lots more on the couch potatoes this weekend as we go through our favorite Christmas TV shows and Christmas movies. But one of my favorites of all time is the Muppet Family Christmas, oh. I think is what it's called. Yeah, I think but you can't, it doesn't exist anywhere but online. If you just look. Serious? It, yeah. None of the streamers have it? No. And Disney has almost everything Muppets, but it's not there. I don't know why. so good. It's got to be a rights thing. But you can find it online. It's the only time where all of the Muppet factions came together. The Muppets, the Muppet Babies, Fraggle Rock, and Sesame Street. They're all there. And it's, it's amazing. It was one of the best things I'd ever seen then, and I recently watched it. Again, still one of the best things I've ever seen. I love it so much.
1: And the Star Wars, don't forget this, the world's worst television show ever, oh. the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> there are podcasts dissecting just how simply
0: brutal that show is and White went, went awry. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that is legendarily bad. Couch Potatoes airs Saturdays and Sundays at noon on CJOB, or you can listen to it in podcast form at CJOB.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Normally at fri- Fridays at 7.55, we run our Winnipeg Jets report with John Shannon. We're going to do that a little bit later this morning, maybe just after 8.50. Uh, but because we're getting a couple of things that you are reacting to, we'll talk gifts in a moment, but on the subject of navigation which is a discussion we began with Loren at 7.05, and she's going to be focusing a lot today on that. Navigation, GPS, what's it doing to our brain? Getting all kinds of great feedback on GPS.
1: Yeah, my nephew used to work in Estevan, says one of our listeners. One time, his girlfriend and my sister, who live in Thunder Bay, drove out there to bring him home for the holidays. When they got to Manitoba, The GPS decided the best route was to go to the U.S. border, then head west and recross in Saskatchewan. My sister kept telling her they didn't need to cross. The girlfriend wouldn't listen. They attempted to cross the border, and that's when my sister found out that the girlfriend had a marijuana cigarette, otherwise known as a joint, on her. Needless to say, they were held up at the border while the girl was arrested, then turned back to Canada. Fortunately, my sister wasn't charged, and fortunately, my nephew broke up with her.
0: <laughs> it's great the story there. <laughs> Jeez, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, GPS. <laughs> no kidding. And on the subject of memorable gifts that you received as a kid, whether it's Christmas or birthday or whatever, uh, for a chance to win AEW tickets, Ellen in Halifax, Winnipeg, or now living in Halifax, says, My parents had five kids. So one Christmas they couldn't afford much, so the only present I got that year was a dress that my mom knit for my doll. Oh, wow. I'm 65 years old and I still remember that gift fondly. Unfortunately, the doll was lost in a move. Oh, that, that what wonderful memory though. Holy yeah. oh, smokes! Yes. Yeah. Nice. And then
1: what does Stacy say? Well, for Christmas on the other on the other end of the uh, wow, what a gift uh, scale, for Christmas in 1981, I was 14, my brother was 16. We got a shared. Present a brand new skidoo citation snowmobile Whoa. every day. Yeah, after school, there was a race home. First one to touch it, got to take it out first <laughs> after <laughs> dinner.
0: <laughs> Dibs, I call it dibs. Oh, those kids must have been in tremendous shape if they're running <laughs> home every single day. And by the way, you mentioned Shauna earlier, who uh, got a Cabbage Patch kid. Yes. And then she says, on the opposite end of the spectrum, my mom gave me a trip to Los Angeles to see a Jets game for my 40th birthday.
1: That's not too shabby. I got to go to a, a Kings Jets game, King or Jets Ducks game for my 50th birthday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did, did, did you see my- did the Jets win? Jets one one, lost one. We uh, saw two ga- oh, two did games. you go to Anaheim
0: and L.A.? Yeah, U.S. Oh, wow. Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's a
1: heck of a Thanksgiving. That certainly was.
0: <laughs> By the way, if you're just getting started, if you have not looked outside yet, it is probably foggy where you are here at downtown uh, 201 Portage, we're on the 30th floor. We can't see anything. Like, we can see glimpses of light from the street below, but that's it. So highways could be dicey this morning. Here's Drew. Good morning, I'm Drew Stremick, and this is your CGOB weather update. Fog patches this morning,
7: dissipating later, leaving us with a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 2 this afternoon, which could feel more like minus 10 with the wind chill. Tonight, a few clouds, fog patches developing overnight while we dip to a low of minus 3. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud, fog clearing in the morning while
0: we look for a high of 3 later in the day. Then for Sunday, clearing and a high of minus 2. Minus 4 outside 680 CJOB. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. In a moment, we are going to hear that something Winnipeg is experiencing is not unique to Winnipeg, but perhaps to the the whole of Canada. But on the subject of gifts, we're asking you about a memorable gift that you got when you were a kid for a chance to win AEW tickets. What does this loyal listener, Terry, have to say? Well,
1: Terry's flipping this question on its ear with a gift request, Brett. Starts by saying the fog must look pretty from up there. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. I'd like a set of grey and Stanley cups, please. Rest in peace to those shopping today. Have a great day. That's from Terry.
0: Thank you, Terry. We're going to pick our winner for the AEW tickets at 9.15. Now, right now, while most of Canada normally experiences a white Christmas, that's not the case this year. Global's Eric Sorensen looks at what's behind the unusually warm and dry weather and how people feel about the lack of snow.
6: Uh,
5: December in Winnipeg. Wait, that was last year. This is December 2023. Barely a trace of snow in a city with a 98% chance of a white Christmas historically.
1: In Winnipeg, it is an issue. Have you seen something like this
5: before? Never. In Toronto, a green Christmas. In Montreal, Noel there. In Calgary, Yeehaw, no snow. Winter's officially here and in B.C.'s ski country they have to make snow.
3: It got pretty slushy and soupy pretty quickly, which is why we're on our way back down.
5: For decades, northern Canada has been a shoe-in for a white Christmas. Only in southern BC and green are the chances low historically. This year, vast stretches of the country where most Canadians live a low chance of a white Christmas. Sometimes I think before the first day of winter, we've already had enough of winter in Canada. And this year, it's missing in action. Just look at Ottawa, one of the coldest capitals in the world, where today it was easier to swim on the canal than skate on it.
3: I grew up here, so I'm very much used to the really big snowbanks. Um, which I guess we're just not really seeing anymore.
5: Not anymore in early winter, it seems. A combination of long-term climate change and the short-term warm Pacific currents. It's El Nino. El Nino has been just preventing winter from coming in this country. At least the travel should be easier, not the highway horrors and the airport nightmares many lived through a year ago. On the east coast, a mix of snow with rain is in the forecast. But what snow there is in Ottawa probably won't last the weekend for disappointed tourists.
3: We had no snow and it's not normal.
5: Winnipeg still has a chance to be normal. The forecast touch and go for the two centimeters officially required to qualify for a white Christmas morning.
3: I prefer a white
9: Christmas.
5: Yes, but tell the truth about the weather.
9: Uh, I'm not going to lie and say I'm not kind of enjoying it though.
5: A true Canadian wish list, snow and snow. And warm weather for Christmas. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto. Great work from Eric Sorensen. And
0: it's apropos that he did that story uh, for today of all days. Because this morning, one of the first messages we got came from listeners Grant and Deborah, who shared this with us. They say that Rose Fileman was inspired to write during her visit to the city in 1929. This comes from the Manitoba Archives. In Winnipeg at Christmas, there's lots and lots of snow very clean and crisp and hard and glittering like a christmas card everywhere you go snow upon the housetops snow upon the street and queen victoria in her chair has snow upon her snowy hair and snow upon her feet in winnipeg at christmas they line the streets with trees christmas trees lit up at night with little balls of colored light as pretty as you please The people hurry past you in furry boots and wraps. The sleighs are like a picture book and all the big policemen look like teddy bears in caps. And oh, the smiling ladies and jolly girls and boys. And oh, the parties and the fun with lovely gifts for everyone. Books and sweets and toys. So if someday at Christmas, you don't know where to go. Just pack your boxes up, I beg, and start at once for Winnipeg. You'll like it there. I know. Great, (laughs) great poem. That's, and it it
1: just tells the story of a usual Christmas in Winnipeg
0: to a great extent, and wow, that's almost a hundred years old. That's now. I've never seen that, and that's wonderful. That's, and it is wonderful, and and I, I do honestly, I miss it. Like I know it's the it's the love hate relationship with winter, right? We hate the cold, and yet we sort of embrace it, and yeah. it's part of our identity. It makes us makes us stronger. That's
1: exactly the word I was going for and had at the ready, but you beat me to it, Brett, (laughs) because it's, no, gosh, because it's the, I think it's the perfect word. It is so much a part of our identity. Uh, We've had this conversation before about embracing winter and, and maybe marketing Winnipeg as the place for Christmas. Mm -hmm. (sighs) How about we use this poem as a jumping off point for
0: that? For sure. So you can read more on Eric's story, by the way, at globalnews.ca. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. She'll join us just after 9.50 to tee up what she's got coming up on her show Our next segment, we've got AEW tickets to give away. Last chance, tell us about a memorable gift you received as a kid. It doesn't have to be Christmas. But right now, Greg, who has entered our studio? She's the face, the voice, the charm, (laughs) the pizzazz of Global News Morning,
1: the anchor, seen Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. on CKND Television Channel 9. Cable 12, Gabrielle Marchand.
9: The Dumpster Fire of Global News Morning. You guys, since the pandemic, like mid-pandy, I've been wearing- (laughs) Mid-pandy? Since the mid-pandemic. Sorry, I don't mean to be inappropriate. I've been wearing track pants consistently and, you know, dirty boots like blundstones that look so beat up. And I keep forgetting, you know, we do still have guests in occasionally. And it's like this frantic scramble to my desk. We took a photo yesterday with Animal Services and people, if they ever see it, are probably like, What? It's like all business on top, like dumpster fire on the bottom. Anyway. <laughs> you're, like a, you're like a walking mullet. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> I am a walking mullet. It's a perfect description of somebody from North Battleford, Saskatchewan.
0: <laughs> well, on the subject of your homeland, we were talking earlier this week about hotel pools and we I asked you if you've got a story of a hotel pool and you're like, turns out I worked in one.
9: Oh yeah, buddy. Tropical inn, North Battleford, circa two thousand and six to maybe two thousand and eight. 2009. Anyway, so it's a, it's a hotel that you have to drive past if you're going from Saskatoon or Winnipeg to Edmonton. So lots of people stay at it. There's a Smitty's, there's a bar, there's a really questionable pool manned by somebody who is not a lifeguard. I just want to make it clear. I am not a trained lifeguard. And so you do things like gross things, like clean the water slide by like putting on your bathing suit and sliding down it. I did that a lot. And then throw chlorine in, like scoop poop out of the pool. But there was just always weird stuff that happened. Like, I just remember they'd be like, oh, by the way, we're short on room attendance. You got to go clean rooms today. You're going to be working in Smitty's today. You'll be working at the front desk. Like, I remember my mom being like, you should really stop working there. (laughs) But I'm a loyal employee. Like, if I have a place where I like a few people, I'll stay there forever. Like, things can be the worst. It's like, don't even pay me. Just let me eat some wings at Smitty's and I'll work here for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it, it's a hotel so they can give you room and board. Yeah, right. I could Is live it, in the tropical inn.
1: <laughs> this looks like not a half bad place. Yeah. Actually, I, I like the the, the carpet and I the,
9: like the carpet. <laughs> I love that eighties carpet. It yeah, looks so good, and the fantastic. chandeliers. Do you see the chandeliers? Are there pictures of those? Ah, uh, they seem to have
1: maybe done a renovation since you left there. Oh, really? I mean, it's not ultra modern, but it, it's not half bad.
0: I, I would give this place a crack. And the waterside looks pretty fun, actually. Coincidentally, on Monday, one of the stories we didn't get to read had to do with a listener who was on a trip to West Edmonton Mall and they stopped for a night at a hotel in North Battleford. (laughs) And the story, the the pool they described sounds horrible. And Gabby seems to think it might be that same hotel.
9: They described missing tiles. So I'm just saying I've experienced that. It might be. I mean, I don't want to throw shade because I worked there forever and I loved it. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe they've turned things around.
0: But I'm glad that uh, you mentioned that, because I forgot. I meant to flag that story for you on Monday. I forgot. Also this week, we we told the story of a woman in Souk, B.C., who got a nasty letter in her mail from a neighbor. Complaining about her Christmas lights because she goes hard.
9: Grinchy, Grinch, Grinch. How rude.
0: So we, indeed. And it was, did you see that story?
9: I I did sort of, so were her lights too much? What did you guys think?
0: No, I didn't. I love it when people do that. There's no such thing.
9: That's a good point. Yeah. Tis the season. You do you. Yeah.
0: But the note was horrible. It was really, really mean spirited. And obscene. Like We can't read the whole thing on the air. But uh, best or worst notes given or received.
9: So you know what? I'm going to say something, and please don't judge me for this. Have you ever wanted to leave somebody a note on their car because they're so offensively parked? Or they're parked somewhere they're really not supposed to be. That's really disturbing to other people. Or disruptive, I should say, not disturbing. Disruptive to other people. Have you ever thought about that? Because I have. That's what I wanted to talk about. Every now and then I'm like, Oh, I wish I had a pen and I wouldn't write a rude note, but I'd be like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't park taking up this entire lane in the exchange where you're not supposed to. So people can't walk through just a thought, but like, I'd put a smiley face. I like how, I'd how like you, coach it. Day.
1: I like how you uh, suggest that it's, you know, not a mean note. No, it's just nice. direct Yeah. with uh, with a
0: smiley face, obviously. Will take the edge off. It fixes everything. Right? It's like
9: a helpful suggestion. Right.
0: I've left a note. What did you in say? our parkade next door? Oh, really? So uh, and uh, so the there's a there's a particular spot that I because there, there was the lot was essentially empty when we got here. So I parked in a spot that it, like it's where the wall sort of bends. So the, the 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 gap between my vehicle and the vehicle to my right would have been like fairly significant just because there was an angle there. So I pulled as far to the right as I could still within the confines of the lines of the spot to also give more room to the vehicle that would ultimately park to my left. When I came out, there was a, I don't know, like a small SUV that had pulled in there. And on the way that they parked, it looked like they were running from the cops. Like they were parked on an angle and they had, they were actually
9: chase. Yeah.
0: Like I could barely get into my car. So I thought, you know what? What? This is egregious because the person who was parked next to them wasn't taking like I I could sort of understand if that person had parked poorly but there was no excuse. So I th- said you know what I'm going to leave this person a note and I just said thanks for doing such a crappy job at parking you pi- you are a pig parker.
9: A pig parker. Park it You're like a you P- stole it. P. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, it? It's all about drawing little emojis. Like if you put a little prey hands, that's polite. But if you took put two little thumbs up of emojis, it's basically saying like screw you, you know? That's what it's about. The passive aggressive thumbs up or the polite prey. Or you hands. just go
1: straight for the straight for the middle fingers, oh. the two guns. <laughs> oh
9: you pig Parker. A Parker. Have you never heard that? Pig Parker? No, but I'm gonna use it going forward.
1: And who coined that, Mr. Greg? Oh, that would be Larry David. Curb your enthusiasm.
9: Really? You know,
1: you're a pig parker. Are you judging my parking right now? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I am. It's deplorable. I think that was a... Are you happy with that park? I'm fine with
0: that park. (laughs) Gabrielle Marchand is the host and anchor of Global News Morning. Weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Global Winnipeg. Gabby, Merry Christmas to
9: you. Merry Christmas. And to all the listeners out there, be safe, have fun.
0: Um, We have AEW tickets to give away. We're asking you about a memorable gift you got as a child, whether it was Christmas or not. Tony, one of our runners-up, says my best memorable Christmas gift was a pair of Micron hockey skates. I suddenly became the fastest and most confident 12-year-old hockey player. Everyone wanted me on their team. I felt like my idol, Mike Bossy, flying down the left wing and scoring many goals and every weekend was spent at the local rink. I just couldn't get enough of hockey. And I still have them hanging on a nail in my shop and smile when I see them. That was 42 years ago. Wow. I'm Mike Bossy, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Good pull. What does Tracy
1: say, Greg? When I was four or five, I got a table and chair set for Christmas. I was the youngest of five. We didn't have a lot of money. My siblings sat at that table and had tea parties with me for as long as I can remember. My mom had the chairs recovered years later, but I still have the set to this day. My son has it in his room. We offered for years to buy him a nightstand, but he always said, no, I, I like the night table. or I like the table as a nightstand. It's now 50 years old, and every time I see it, it brings me great memories. Happy holidays, and that's from... Tracy, great picture painted there, Tracy. That's lovely, Tracy.
0: But our winner today is George Aguiar, who says, and I'll start this off, Greg. Greg, George says, when I was eight years old, I had what looked at the time, an enormous gift under the tree. My sister, being older than me, was extremely jealous. I did what I could to identify the gift. I shook it. I smelled it. I tried to look through the paper and even under the wrapper. It wasn't heavy, but I just could not figure it out. Uh, could it be a huge truck or a car, a castle, one of those new video game systems? Finally, the day came, and after opening up the usual socks and underwear, chocolate and a few small toys, the big gift, my sister stared at me jealously, but my parents had beaming smiles. I unwrapped the paper to find a plain box. No picture or word clues here. I pulled the tape from the top of the box Opened the top, and after pulling out some stuffing paper, I pulled out a globe. (laughs) My sister's jealousy went to a
1: teasing, laughing mode as I expressed a what-the-heck look on my face. My parents lost their smiles at the look of disappointment on my face. I searched the box for a possible hidden treasure. Nope, nothing. I said thank you as I put the globe aside, and my dad tried to show me what could be done with a globe. Well, here we are, 50 years later, and all the toys I got as a kid are gone, lost, broken, or wherever. But in the rec room, on a side table, sits that globe. And now, then I'll pick it up, now and then I'll pick it up, spin it at a possible holiday destination, which is usually the middle of an ocean, and I think of my parents who are no longer here. I'm a teacher, and I share that story with my elementary class every single year.
0: George, that's really special. Thank you very much for sharing that. And it's such an important lesson that, hey, just because you don't like it initially, it'll learn to grow on you, and then it could lead to a lifetime of memories. What a special story. Thank you for sharing. You win the AEW tickets, George. under a fog advisory and you can I just stepped outside you can see it trying to break Deborah says just uh, drove to Steinbach on 52 foggy but not a stressful drive and Deborah says Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you as well, Deborah. Uh, but we've had other reports that visibility is almost nil in various spots around Winnipeg. Uh, hopefully it breaks by noon. That's what Environment Canada is saying. It should be clear by noon. And then we'll have a mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus two. A few clouds tonight and then some more fog near midnight, a low of minus three. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of three Sunday clearing with a high of minus two and Monday sunny with a high of minus five. It is minus five right now outside 680 CJOB. It is Mackling and McGarry. We already spoke with McNabb, Loren McNabb, earlier at 7.05 to tee up the discussion on navigation and GPS and is what is GPS doing to our brains. And she's going to join us in our next segment to tell you what else she's got coming up on Connecting Winnipeg as she fills in for Hal Anderson. But right now, Greg, we have many trusted sources here at 680 CJOB. And when it comes to learning about wine... There is no one, no one we trust more than our next guest. I could not concur more with your previous statements, Brett.
1: Christopher Sprague, Somalia extraordinaire, joins us now. Christopher, good morning, friend, and a Merry Christmas to you. Happy good holidays.
4: Good, Merry Christmas and all the best of the season to you.
1: How are you doing, my friend? It's been a while since we've seen you face-to-face.
4: Been doing very well. Been, of course, it's it's our busiest part of the year and the busiest season, so... Lots of wine has been happening. That's the most exciting part for me.
1: <laughs> well, why don't we just get and talk turkey, uh, turkey oh. dinner. What pairs with, with turkey? I know that the, the, the pairing rules for some people have gone out the window, right? You, you just drink what you want. But if, if you're going down that road where you want to pair a wine with, with poultry, turkey in particular, which road are you going down?
4: Well, there, there's, there's two really good options. Well, actually, there's three really good options here. I find turkey can do really well with very flavorful white wines. So think about a, a, a deeper Chardonnay or uh, maybe something a little fuller and richer that maybe has a little oak on it because you've got to match a little gravy with that. I find that can work really well. Also, lighter reds. So think of things like Pinot Noir and Sangiovese. These kind of lighter red wines can uh, really help with all the different side dishes as well. So you can pull all those together with the turkey. But I don't know, with the great weather we're having, I wouldn't forget about rosé. Even though it's not summer, rosé can be that middle ground for all those different side dishes. Turkey, everything goes with rosé. And with this with this beautiful weather, why not?
0: Well, and you mentioned, you talk, I'm glad you brought that up because I was one of the things I was sort of wondering about is, Are there, is there such a thing as wines that just go down better depending on the time of year? Like, for example, if it's a hot day in the summer, I find a beer will often go down better than in the middle of January. Like, I don't even, I often don't even crave it. Uh, You know, if I go for a drink, I might just skip straight to a rum and coke or something and, and skip the beer. But in July, forget it, I'll take a beer. So I'm wondering if it, there's a similar thing going on with wine.
4: Oh, absolutely. Because in the summertime you got it's warm and all that kind of stuff. It's so much better to have something refreshing and clean and uh, a little more acidity because you want that brightness, right? In the winter I like fuller, heavier wines. I usually don't drink a lot of reds during the summer and in the wintertime I drink tons more red wine. And I just find it just makes it, it gives you that warmer, more cozy feeling, right? So, red wines that are fuller, uh, richer, always go go better in the in, in the colder months. Kind of warm you up from the inside out.
1: Christopher, when we talk uh, about uh, gifting a wine, right? Like a, a outstanding hostess or host gift is to bring a bottle of wine. But you know, some wines aren't necessarily as popular with uh, your host. And you may not realize what their favorite is. Is there a safe middle? Is there a way to bring a, a bottle of wine uh, without offending your host? Because I, I think there's a can be a risk of that.
4: Oh, I, I agree with you. Because there's, some, there's definitely wines out there that people have strong opinions about, right? So there's some people that do not like Shiraz or don't like Sauvignon Blanc. I always find great middle ground. What I always show up with is a bottle of Bubbles. Nobody can disagree with perfect vapors. champagne or prosecco or cava there that is always a winner and you, you you can never have enough in your house that's true yeah,
0: that's I've, a gear shifter too right well and i once and i've only honestly i've only had it once and i can't remember the it's an australian wine I think they, I think they're just called like lot three 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 and lot five 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 or something like that. Oh, the different like bins—is it the Lindemans? You yeah, the uh, no, it's not Lindemans. I think I can't remember. I'll, I'll figure it out. But they, they did well. You might know, Chris. Do you know what I'm talking about?
4: <laughs> I haven't tasted those in a long time. Oh well, those wines, uh, what they call the the bin kind of wines, were a great almost marketing tool. So what they did is that they made solid, very good quality wines that were quite affordable. And they always tasted like the grape variety that was written on the outside. So I remember the Bin Triple Five, if I'm not mistaken, was the Shiraz. Always tasty. It was never extreme, so it wasn't too spicy. It wasn't too soft. It was right down the middle. So it was always like what I'd call a universal wine. So something that kind of goes with everything. And those kind of wines do... Uh, have such a great place to get people started into drinking wine, right? So with more basic flavors, then your palate would kind of change. You want to taste things a little more complex. So I those have a great place in, in the wine industry, I believe.
0: Windham Estates is what it was. And it was the, the Bin Triple Five Shiraz that I liked, but we and I've only seen it once. It was a bin triple five sparkling Shiraz. And the fact that it only happened once, does that indicate that that was probably by accident that they made that?
4: Oh, I well, I think it, it's more uh, driven by the market. So sparkling red wines are quite rare uh, in our market, but you do see them a lot more in, in Australia itself and in Italy. Italy drinks some, um, up in the north, they drink a wine called Lambrusco, which is sparkling red with a little bit of sweetness. So again, might go very well in the summer. Fresh, clean Beautiful little bubbles in it. I think it's, it's one of those interesting wines that's always worth a shot. I always believe you should try something new all the time. Whether you like it or not, it comes up to your palate.
1: Matus. Matus. When was the last time you had Matus? Uh, probably about 1995. I,
4: I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I tried a bottle a little while ago. It was and? not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, a reason why there is millions of liters of matus made. It's not terrible. It's, it's it's it has its place, right? Well, great right food or nice and cold, it's going to be refreshing and tasty. Well, and
1: that leads into sort of the next thing, and that's the point that. You know we've been talking about wine for almost eight years together here. And oh, yeah. <laughs> a- any wine, any wine you like is a good wine. That's the number one God. rule. And uh, I pulled this from the web from a Toronto Star article in 2017. These were the top five selling wines in Ontario. This is going on, jeez, this is going on seven years now. 2014 Apothic Red, 2016 Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc, 2014 J Seven Oaks Cab Sauv. 2016, Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio, and the Yellowtail Shiraz from Australia 2016. I would bet that the list six years later in Manitoba, let alone in Ontario, would have at least two or three of these five on the
4: list. If not the vast majority of them, these wines still have a big, big market share because they're easy, friendly, and you know what you're getting, so every time you buy a bottle, there's not a uh, difference in vintage there's not it doesn't it, 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 oh, you know what you're what you're getting, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing if you If you're not wanting to do the risk or you want to play it safe, these wines do their job very, very well. They taste like wine. but I bet you those are still the top sellers in the market. Oh, cool. Actually, I know they are.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I remember a, a, buying, picking up a bottle of Apothic Red for a girl I was dating several years ago because I was told that was a safe one, and sure, sure enough, it was. Um, yeah. Is there such a thing as like a small batch kind of seasonal like, again, I referenced beer earlier. Often you get these seasonal beers that are, you know, catered to Halloween or catered to the winter. Is there such a thing uh, uh, that exists in in wine or is that no, kind of novelty not a thing?
4: Well, usually if we're in wine country, you see a little bit more seasonal wines. Uh, just because we they, they're fresher, they're wines that uh, usually are very early in fermentation. So I, I've seen in Germany something called the Nua wine and of course it's the new wine it's the new vintage it's but it's very it's only half fermented so there's still a lot of sweetness left in it of course you see stuff like Beaujolais Nouveau which is the first uh, wine release out of France every year and uh, but those are more localized I think what happens more in wine is trends because where we live we don't have a lot of wine growing vineyards around us yet but we don't, we, we have to import all of our wines into our market. So we are a little bit more trend driven. So you'll start seeing things that, uh, maybe Pinot Grigio becomes very popular or, uh, Pinot Noir becomes very popular. So we see those more driven in our market, which is not a bad thing because it gets people drinking more wine.
1: The popularity of wine as well, I think, you know, you used to, we mentioned Matus and Gimli Goose and all these <laughs> all these different wines that you sort of uh, drank when you were younger. Or if, you know, if, if you couldn't afford uh, more than a $3 bottle of wine once upon a time, has just, you know, to borrow Brett's <laughs> beer analogies, I think our, our palates collectively have matured and changed over the years. We're, we're craving unique has Manitoba's wine market also matured?
4: Absolutely. So you, you see a lot more, well, there's more variety than ever before. And I think with the MBLL and the private wine stores, you're seeing more and more brought into the market and people are more dairy, right? So uh, the big, the big uh, companies that uh, supply wine, like, like Matuse used to, and I think they're like Blue Nun and Black Tower and things like this, people's palates have matured. So they want more of the world brought to them. And we, we have such a unique market that we have everything from everywhere in the world. And there's always something new to try. There's great wine professionals in the city that are always bringing in new and exciting products. And I couldn't be happier. I think the selection right now is at its best it ever has been and keeps growing. So very, very happy to taste these kind of wines.
0: Christopher, we could talk to you about this for hours, but we got to go. But before you go, you mentioned it's been your busiest time at work. Why don't you give us a, a quick plug on what's going on at work?
4: Well, it, 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 the Hotel Fort Gary has been quite exciting this year. Uh, of course, we opened uh, our, our the new restaurant, which is Vita uh, Italia Cucina, which is uh, very, very Ital- southern Italian leading and uh, some incredible Italian wines, I have to say. Uh, Oval room is as busy as ever. Uh, we have private dining rooms now that we're doing on the second floor mezzanine and we just opened the Mistletoe Moose. It's a pop-up Christmas bar for uh, three days this week and three days uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday over the next two weeks. So it's, there's a lot of exciting things happening at the hotel and we're, we're very proud of what we've built there.
0: FortGarryHotel.com for more information. Christopher Spriggs, sommelier and the wine director at the Fort Gary Hotel. Christopher, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us and happy holidays to you, sir.
4: All the best of the season, gentlemen. We'll, we'll, We'll talk to you in the new year. Will do.
0: It is Mackling and McGarry. And McNabb, Lauren McNabb in for Hal on connecting Winnipeg. Hi there.
3: You were talking about Fortier, like playing the air drums. I like to do little piano. <laughs> You're doing like a little. Oh yeah, that's right. You're like a little Billy Joel. You, you play look the look piano. Oh, oh, I, Fortier
0: I, I, plays the drums. Played, you should do a duet. We're starting
3: a band. What will we call it? Oh, everyone should contribute right now for your chance to win Santa Lucia pizza. The name of our band. I'm serious. That's becoming the contest. How about
0: Guy Smiley and the Red Storm? <laughs>
3: that's pretty good. <laughs> what was the Spanish name someone came up with ages ago for me?
0: Something like Diablo. Oh, uh, no, right.
1: Yeah.
3: Devil yeah. and Fire were yeah. definitely part of it.
1: Guy Smiley, great band once upon a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a Winnipeg punk band, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Absolutely great band.
3: <laughs> that's a good pull. Oh, that's tremendous. Loved them. Yeah, I'm playing my piano. I'm in a good mood. I think a lot of people are in a good mood, maybe a little stressed today. So we're going to continue the fun you guys have been having. We'll have a couple serious conversations, but they're really going to be me yelling at people for their bad sense of directions. We're going to (laughs) talk a bit of weather. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some strikes we've seen over the years and changes on the labor front. But mostly I'm looking forward to 1135 when we bring on the Butterball Chef, because who knew that was a title with butterball, Butterball Turkey? He's a legit chef who's studied, you know, different parts of the world, Worked at different restaurants, and now he's just with Butterball, giving us advice for our turkey.
1: Wow, that's a sweet gig. Hey,
3: don't you just wish you had a better title sometimes? Oh like yes, the Butterball Shaft, or when yeah. we brought on a couple years ago, the Keeper of the Archives. Yes, like the, the Keeper. Like these are these are much better titles. That
0: sounds like something out of Indiana Jones. Yeah, you must you must speak to the Keeper <laughs> of the Archives. <laughs> should you wish to find the lost ark?
3: So I want a new title. I want a name for the band that's basically it. Feel free to
0: make suggestions at (laughs) 204 Loren McNabb's in for how long connecting Winnipeg? And that's all the time we've got Mackling and McGarry and McNabb and producer Jeff Forte. We all wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. Hopefully you enjoy the spirit of the season. And thank you for listening to CJOB and being a part of our radio family.